I can't believe you guys talked me into this. We could get into so much trouble. If I were you, I'd just worry about someone seeing me in those pajamas. Did they come like that or did you have to cut out the feet? Hey, my grandmother gave me these. Don't tell me you don't have some embarrassing pajamas at home. I don't wear pajamas. I sleep in the nude. Hey, Val. Hey, Al. Welcome to D-Commentaries. Thanks, Bren. Welcome to you and welcome to our listeners. Today we're going to talk about under wraps. Val, I thought we were going to keep it under wraps. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. I spilled the beans. You literally ruined it. You literally oh. spoiled it for everyone who didn't read the title of the episode. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Should we just stop now? Yeah. Bye, everyone. Okay. Bye. End of podcast. You should have been on the writing team for Under Wraps. I think uh, you're... You know, some of these jokes I couldn't even come up with. <laughs> oh, they were comedy gold for 12-year-olds who talked like 50-year-olds. <laughs> you know, I think when you're a kid, you think that these kids are so much older than you. And then when you read the synopsis as a 27-year-old woman, you realize, wow, these are children who are 12 years old. They are indeed. Speaking of synopsis, let's go ahead and read the synopsis for Under Wraps, the very first decom. Three 12-year-old children, Amy, Marshall, and Gilbert, encounter a mummy, which has been undiscovered in 3,000 years. While investigating, they accidentally revive him, but he must be returned to his resting place by midnight on Halloween, or he will never find his long-lost love. Wow. I know. Now, Val, can you read the Amazon synopsis? (laughs) Yes, I can, Al. Okay. (laughs) The the Amazon synopsis is... 12-year-old... Oh, my God. Here, Val, let me do it. Let me get it pulled up. Okay, here we go. Ready? This is the Amazon synopsis. 12-year-old friends help a mummy on Halloween. (laughs) Amazon said, not today. (laughs) So comprehensive. Yes. Um, Thank you, Amazon. Oh, my God. For that beautiful synopsis there. Now, um, in this first part of our podcast here, we're going to kind of talk about the movie, but we're not going to have any spoilers, just in case our friends want to listen to part of the podcast first and then go watch the movie and then come back for the fun parts. Well, I lied. All of it's going to be fun. Um, but we just want to make sure that if you're interested in, you know, listening to a little bit of the podcast first, seeing is this a movie that I would actually like and enjoy, um, then we're not going to spoil, you know, the ending. You know, does he find true love? Val and I know, but you may not at this exact moment mm-hmm. yet, if you haven't. Although it is. It so, uh oh, I said it. I said the word, which we you not- said the word. I can't. In case you missed our trailer, we. We can't say the D word, so we're we're bleeping ourselves. So if you yeah. listen to our promo episode without listening to our trailer, and we're like, what the heck is going on? That's what was going on. We were not saying some weird, obscure swear word. We were saying the big D. Yes. Um, and that's just because we don't want to get sued. Yeah. It's mostly a joke. I don't think they would actually sue us, 
but you know, I think know. it'd be kind of cool to be sued by Disney though. Because then you could say, like, wow, I was sued yeah. by Disney. It'd be cool until, like, you didn't have a house or any savings. I don't have a house now, so it doesn't... <laughs> I do. I have a oh, house. Oh, shoot, you do. Wait, you don't do tell Disney. <laughs> okay, great. Anyway. All right, um, Val. How are we starting off um, this first part? Well, let's just talk about first impressions. Yeah, I thought that overall it was a great film. I thought that for being the very first DCOM ever, I'd probably give it, like... An eight out of 10, honestly. Um, That's a little bit early to rate all of this, but I'm going to start off strong. First impressions, eight out of 10. Wow. Um, I thought it was a good precedent to start for DCOMs. Um, Well cast, I thought. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And overall, a great time. Some pseudo familiar faces. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of which, true to form, I was on IMDb within 10 seconds. And uh, fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact. Harold, uh, the mummy, is played by the same person who is the stepdad. I think his name is Ted, um, who is also that actor is the voice of Patrick, the starfish. (laughs) So (laughs) if, if some of his grunts throughout the film reminded you of Patrick, that is why. And if they didn't before, they definitely will now. <laughs> yeah, once you figure it out, I, in my list of notes here, about halfway past the midpoint of the movie, I wrote in all caps, I literally cannot not hear Patrick. Mm-hmm. Because he just walks around and is like, <laughs> I wonder if it's this great. is how he got cast as Patrick Starr. That's a really valid point, because this was shot in ninety. Eight. No, it, it was ninety. It was probably filmed in 97. probably ninety six seven because it came out in October. I'm gonna guess it didn't take them very long to film these movies. Just a hunch. Yeah. That's so I'm gonna say ninety seven. It was filmed in ninety seven. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then SpongeBob started in ninety nine. I think May. Wow. So this was probably he probably didn't send in a reel. He probably just sent in this film. under wraps. Yeah. Okay, now Val, what were your first impressions of the movie? I also really enjoyed this movie. I I really um it brought back a lot of nostalgic, you know, good feelings because I remember watching it when it came out on Disney and I remember enjoying it then. And one thing that I think continues, if I remember correctly, but I definitely appreciated about this movie, um, setting the tone was like the ridiculous reference level of all the children, like the the precociousness of these middle schoolers um like making references to like the concept of celibacy and like uh talking about like getting sent up to sing sing prison and stuff like that like obviously the average 12 year old does not have that reference level and it just it tickled me and I think that as a somewhat precocious tween um I I enjoyed that even then too um, so I was having fun. And of course, Amy, oh man, Amy, I knew was this was coming, giving me life today. I love that girl. I, I know she's probably, I don't know, too much for most people or like something. I'm sure I'm going to get like, if people ever listen to this, I'm going to get some kind of hate mail, but I, uh, <laughs> I just I hope we get hate mail. I, Someone sent me hate mail. May we get famous enough that we get hate mail. Um, she to me it, like represented a level of like 
women's empowerment and like mm-hmm. knowing she's oneself. Strong. She's very strong. She literally illustrates there's they like take a moment in this movie to give her an opportunity to say no and like firmly say no to someone like not in a overtly like sexual context, but like she yeah. someone asks her out. He doesn't at first like listen to what she's saying to him. And then she's literally like, get out of here. I said no. Yeah. And she stands up for herself and she's just so self-possessed. And I like love that. <laughs> she's she's like a little probably a little like overly adult for a 12 year old girl. But at the same time, like I appreciated this sort of concept of a young girl who's extremely sure of herself does not define herself by the boys that she's spending time with and can give as good as she gets. Right. And I think that's the idea of the three of them as friends. They're mm-hmm. all on the same level. I mean, she makes fun of both of them quite a bit, but they're all, you know, they don't treat her as if, you know, she's a girl and she's weird and she can't do right. cough, cough, something that may come up soon. Moto cross, <laughs> cough, cough, she's oh. a girl, can't do it. Um, but in this movie, they definitely are like, we're a team. We're working together. That's the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I did find it very interesting that they're, um, there may have been some sexual tension. Oh, there definitely was. I mean, yeah. it's there. It's there. It's apparent. It made me uncomfortable at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it was like kind of cute. Like it reminded me of like when I dated boys and I like didn't know what to do. And, you know, I was like pretending based on like what I'd seen in movies and stuff. Like, I don't know. That felt pretty real to me. And I thought it was really sweet that like the reason that they both kind of like fell for each other was like Marshall needed Amy like to, to be there for him because he was having a hard time. And Amy saw the vulnerability and that he was sort of able to be a little bit open with her. And yeah, like that was so sweet. And there were a few moments like that in this movie where like these relative children were like very, adult in like an emotional way very open and honest with their feelings something that i haven't been ever able to do and these kids were just he just straight up this mummy doesn't talk and he just straight up is talking about his parents divorce yeah exactly like he just needed someone to listen to him and i don't know i thought i thought it was really cool and obviously i i thought this entire movie was like a metaphor for like learning how to like open up again like and be vulnerable when you've you know like gone through a divorce or like some other kind of emotionally traumatizing event in your family um and I thought it was like very intentional that the person who played the mummy was also the guy who was the stepdad I thought that was like overt but like not in like an annoying way just like very much like oh yeah this is what they're trying to communicate in this yeah absolutely So, yeah, it was very fun. But they still had, like, all this silly stuff. Like, they had the, like, ridiculous villains. And they had, like, you know, all the sort of cliche, like, decom moments. Um, Yeah. Definitely hitting a lot of bingo squares, which we'll talk about later. Uh, Val, did you have any other uh, favorite lines from the film besides the one we heard at the very beginning? (laughs) Um, I mean, I, there were a lot. Like, there was, like, what is, what's celibacy? No chicks. Oh, I could never do that. You'll get used to it. <laughs> that was great. That was um, a good one. Also, the single most unbelievable thing in this entire film. And this is a film about a reanimated mummy. 
is that I'm really hoping we have the same one. Is that for two cheeseburgers, fries, and a jumbo soda, it costs three dollars and four cents? What? What? I'm sorry. Like I, I'm not even joking. It pulled me out of the movie. I was like, Yeah, this is so. Even for 1997, this is ridiculous. Like, right. <laughs> Once again, I wrote in all caps. How is all that food 374? And then he just, like, takes the drink and walks away. Right. Like, maybe you gotta pay for that. I know. Um, I did have a favorite line. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, It is when, I believe, the little kid's name is Leonard. Yeah. (laughs) So, wait, I lost it. Hold on. Is it the blanket? Yeah. Okay. The line is, she goes, why do you carry that blanket around? And Leonard goes, this isn't a blanket. It's a rag. I carry it around in case I have to wipe up something. (laughs) I know. I know. Also, the names in this movie are Chef's Kiss. No, I love them. I love them. Gilbert, Marshall, Leonard. We're literally watching Big Bang Theory in 1998. (laughs) Oh, they're so good. Yeah, even like Harold, Ted. I mean, there's just so many good names in this. Also, yeah. the mom is never named. I was like really bummed. There was like, definitely this movie did not pass the Bechdel test, nor oh, did the sure. Bechdel test exist back then. But like, there was a lot of like, you know, yeah. the, the woman. Now that you say it, I don't think two women ever spoke to each other. I don't think so either. Um, even Amy is only ever talking to other boys. And right. um, yeah, like. The woman at the dance, like, is kind of there just for a joke, you know, like, right. sort of. And they're talking about men, so that doesn't count. Right. Val, is it time for Spoiler Corner? Yeah, let's, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, moving forward, we are holding nothing back whatsoever. So let's talk about what actually, ha- like, happens in the movie then. So we know that they bring this mummy back to life. Right. And then... Uh, he escapes kind of, so they have to go find him. He's like walking around the world. They befriend him. Right. Uh, we find out that this mummy is very valuable to, um, Mr. Kubat, who we thought was dead. What so a there's reveal. there's your spoiler alert. Mr. Kubat isn't dead. So Mr. Kubat is trying to essentially, um, use the, mum- the mummy for money. It is yes. worth a lot of money. Right. Um, and in order to be a mummy again, Harold needs to get back into his fancy word that they kept saying for a coffin, Val. Can you remember? Sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. Great. <clears throat> it's stuck in my sarcophagus. <clears throat> so then um, we find out that um, they're coming to take the mummy back. If if he doesn't get in by midnight on Halloween, he will never be a mummy again. He will not be reunited with his dun da 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 love interest, Lady Mummy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, long story short, Mr. Kubat um, gets flung <laughs> to the other side of the ice cream factory. Maybe murdered? <laughs> Potentially murdered. Oh. Uh, R.I.P. Mr. Kubat. And then um, Harold gets back in time before midnight. Now, before he closes that coffin with his lady to his right, he hands his very important 
a Titanic necklace. Magical necklace. To Marshall. Yep. And Marshall gets to keep this necklace. Yes. And all I could think of was the Britney Spears. But I thought that old lady dropped it in the ocean at the end. <laughs> at that part. Well, you know what I thought of? Because I watch theory videos all the time. So I oh, know. Oh, do you think like Thanos? No, I know a thing. And I'm just going <gasps> to say it. this thing. They're, it's not a secret at all. They're making a new Under Wraps movie. For Dis- <gasps> I totally forgot until you just mentioned it right now. Yeah, which is why I think why this movie is not currently on what? Disney Plus. Because either they're they're making a, a remake, which means that they may never put this back on what? Disney Plus because they don't want them to compete with each other. Although I don't think a movie from 1997 is going to compete with a new movie, but whatever. Um, but... It's possible that they're like holding off bringing it back because if the new movie is sort of like like a a a carry on of the story and like, I don't know, Marshall's kid finds this necklace and like reanimates Harold by accident or something like that, like that could carry into this new movie. Now, I could be very, very, very off base, but that was the first thing that I thought of when he handed him that necklace. Also, there were like moments that felt like other movies, which I guess is like not that surprising. But like, tell me that that have you seen Game of Thrones? No. Okay. well, this is a pseudo spoiler, but there is a moment there is all I'm going to say is there was a Hodor moment in this movie. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I and feel like um, I don't know what you're talking about, but I think that'll be a good reference for those who do know what you're talking about. Yes. But it also won't ruin anything for those who are watching. Correct. I mean, it was like, I was like, wow. Like, did they watch Under Wraps <laughs> before oh, making so that episode? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, also like some insightful things said, uh, like, uh, that thing about step parents are the only adults that care about impressing kids. I thought that was like a very insightful, uh, statement by Amy, who's just full of gems in this movie. What a self-possessed young woman. Um, (laughs) I think we have your number one uh, which is going to be hard to beat, you know, character in any decom is right now Amy. Is Oh, absolutely is Amy. Also, another thing that is in at least also Hocus Pocus is, and actually I'm pretty sure is also in the movie Jack, if you've ever seen that with Robin Williams, yes. is a Halloween dance where adults go dressed in full-blown costumes and just dance in like, the town square. Yes. Like, and I want to live in that town. Right. Like, where is this dance where adults go and hang out and are like have really good costumes and just like, dance? Come on, on Chicago. Like, yeah. And then while we're talking about the dance, I do just want to point out really quickly that I and acknowledge that I saw the very offensive portrayal of a Native American costume. I really wish. Frankly, they could have cut it out of the movie, although maybe there's something to be said for, like, keeping it in there and sort of acknowledging rather than trying to hide from it. But, like, it didn't need to be in the movie at all. And it was it just it rubbed me the wrong way, to say the least. And I just wanted to, like, bring it up really fast. No, I think it's something that's important, though. I think it's something, uh, you know, unfortunately, that we might notice through a lot of these where, you know, in the late 90s, 2000s 
you know, even today, things happen and they're disgusting and they're gross and they're inappropriate. And I think, you know, we call them out. Right. It was, I kind of felt like I was having whiplash a little bit because up until that point, there were like a few things that were said, like that step parent thing and a couple other things that had happened like just prior to that, where I was like, man, this is like a really like surprisingly All around good movie. Yeah. Like aware movie, like a somewhat ahead of its time movie. And then that happened. I was like, oh, just kidding. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, also, another thing maybe we should add weirdly to another like somewhat maybe problematic thing uh is the guns being pointed at innocent yeah but if you noticed how he was holding it he was holding it as if it had been like an eggplant he picked up at the grocery store this man had never held a gun before (laughs) i'm not saying they like trained him on how to hold a gun but he was aiming a gun at a 12 year old in this movie yeah and so I, that's where we get my favorite part of sexual tension. Okay. Because yep. Amy goes up to Marshall and goes, I thought like, I, this is not, don't quote me on this <laughs> haters. She, she's like, I, I thought you were going to be shot. <laughs> it was just like, and then you can just tell that they're like, I'm just so glad you're alive. Yeah. That was, I would qualify that as an almost kiss for, for our, I'm, I'm, Yes, for sure. That qualifies as far as so. I'm then sh- Val, should we get into our bingo cards? Yeah, let's get into our bingo cards. Val, I did have almost kissing as a half square, so I'm glad you mentioned it as a full square. I mean, I would qualify it because, like, that's about as close as they're going to get in most of these movies. Like, they don't, at least in the like older ones, as far as I remember, there's not a lot of like overt physical contact yeah that's a good point all right i'm gonna switch it i'm gonna switch it over to all right let's go through bingo so we start in top left yeah so is um is what is that song the love song um is that a one-hit wonder i googled if all by myself is a one-hit wonder it is not because it is sung by the same man who sings hungry eyes and so technically it is not a one-hit wonder i did mark it halfway because i don't remember who this man is and if Mm. you had to do this on trivia and you would say you know all by myself who sang that song i think a lot of people wouldn't be able to get it so i think in our minds it qualifies as a one-hit wonder so i did a little half half mark on that one fair enough all right um there was no breaking of the fourth wall there was not it was definitely holiday themed um, clunky metaphor, absolutely. I would argue that the entire thing is a metaphor for him getting, like, I think I mentioned it earlier, but it's like a metaphor for him, like, learning how to connect with someone and, like, trust someone and, and, especially um, an adult. An adult, right. Specifically an adult. Um, okay, great. Parents who just don't get it. I would say this is at least a half. I'd say it's a half as well, because she was kind of just clueless. Right. Um, Cool non-parent relative. Uh, Not a relative, but I would say that uh, Bruce, is it Bruce's name? Bruce, you know, maybe we should change it to cool non-adult. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, we'll change it. We'll change it. Or cool non-adult. Oh, my God. Cool non-parent adult. adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Uh, I would say Because Amy's the cool non-adult. Yeah. I would say Bruce, for me, qualifies. If we're doing it that way, he is, like, a perfect example of that. Yeah. Um, Because he's, like, 
he even says he's like, I need to hang out with people my own age. People my own age. <laughs> oh, boy. So funny. Um, all right, someone too famous for a TV movie. I feel like didn't really hit here, um, except for the dad from Even Stevens, because I love him. But I did not mark. Oh that. yeah, that's true. Yeah, he wasn't like too famous for this movie. He was yeah. like just fam just the right amount of famous for this movie. Yes. Um although I would say he had the smallest part that you could possibly imagine in this movie, but this was before even Steven, so Right. And he looked really young, but he also looked the same. Oh, that that is a man who looks the same from probably 35 to I would end. argue birth. <laughs> he came out looking like that. Yeah. All right, competition to resolve a central problem. I don't no. think there was a competition in this one. No, there was not. No, there was not. One. Empty square. Montage sequence. I think we got one. Did we? That when he... Now, if this doesn't qualify as a montage, you correct me, but I think the entire time of Harold walking out on his own exploring the world oh, where he's yeah. at the park and he's at the dairy freeze and he's doing all these things where there's no words. It's just yep. him exploring and figuring out the world. You're um, absolutely on his own. right. Yep, yep. And that is also... Uh, I think we're skipping ahead. I don't see... I don't remember where it is, but... Um, fish out of water. Yes. Fish out of water. Very end. Last box. Oh yeah. So, um, that montage is literally a fish out of water, uh, montage for anyone who isn't clear on what fish out of water means. It literally just means someone who is in a situation or place where they just don't fit in at all. Um, so like think, uh, wonder woman when she is in, you know, like modern Western culture or, uh, the entire premise of Borat is a fish out of water story. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, okay. Cliche villains, uh, check Mr. Kubat, Mr. Kubat and his goons. He yes. has goons and we don't have goons. <laughs> Another gem of a line. All right. Closer items that you own. Val, okay. did you have any closer items? Cause I have one. So nothing specific, so I'm not going to check it, but I wore so many like of basically the same thing. Like I wore, you know, the the overalls with like a giant like flannel over it and stuff like that. So like Val, were you Amy as a kid? No, you know, I wasn't Amy because I I was actually like a really straight up uh tomboy when I was that age. So I Right. She wore some dresses. She was a little bit more of a girly girl. And not just a girly girl, but like she was a little bit more like comfortable in her femininity. Like she was mm. like comfortable talking about wearing a bra, comfortable about talking about sleeping in the nude, comfortable I'm about still like, not ta- comfortable talking about uh, wearing a bra. <laughs> exactly. So like I would have looked up to Amy at, at that age. Yeah. Like I would, I would have like cute. envied her confidence very yeah. much at that age. Did you, you said you owned something. I, yes. So it wasn't clothes, but it was an item. Uh, I do have to say there was a Jack Russell Terrier in the movie oh. and my family childhood dog was a Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> and that counts because it was an item that I owned. Yes. Shout out to Eddie, RIP. Oh, actually, I I did own uh, something, actually. So what is the name of that ball that has the, the rubber strings on it? That that Harold like shoots out the window that like gets him out of the house in the first place. Yep, I cannot. I know I, exactly the scene you're talking about too because it made me jump. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like a squish it, ball. Yeah, it was something like. Is it koosh? Is that a oh, thing? Oh, koosh ball. Yeah. 
Wait, I need to Google Koosh ball because I need to know. K-O-O-S-H, I think. Yes, yes, it's a koosh ball. I can't believe I just pulled that out of nowhere. Um, So I did own something. I owned multiple koosh balls. All right, next box. Rotten Tomatoes, 40 to 60. Val, did you look it up? Because I I did did. not. All right. I'll give you like a, you say a number. If you're within five on either side, do you get it right? Okay. I am going to guess 47. It's 57. Whoa, I was close. You were close. You did not win. But we do get to check that box. (laughs) We do get to check the box. Um, (laughs) You know what I forgot to to mark? I I guess we could talk about this together. Is it a happily ever after? Yes, I would say absolutely. Yes. I think everyone gets their happily ever after. Yes. And that's why I put that square in the middle, because I think for the most part, these are happy enders. Uh, DCOMs are happy enders. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we'll find one that isn't. Who knows? I haven't seen a lot of the newer ones, so who the heck knows? Yeah. Um, Almost Kissing. We already discussed this one. Yes. Yep. Um, okay. Someone Who Became Famous. Not really. No. Not really. I don't think it really qualifies Mm-mm. this time. Um, okay. Betraying of one's real friends or values. I don't think so. I don't think so either because I think everyone really – I was worried – at the end, when Gilbert wanted to sit in the car because he was scared. I was going to bring this up, too. Keep I going. almost did because I was really worried that Marshall was going to say, you're, you're a little weedy, you're scared. Yep. And what did he do? He said, I support you. Yeah. I am I am okay with you making the decision that is good for you. And then <sighs> what did Gilbert do? He saved the death. He day. found his courage because... What he really needed was his friend to Friends. believe in him and say that he was enough, even if he was scared. And it was such a beautiful moment. And I was beautiful. not expecting it at all, especially from Marshall. And I think it sort of signified like the beginning of like signs that Marshall has changed for the better. Yes, right? absolutely. All right, Val, what's our next box? Your childhood crush. Mm. Not really. Not, not in for this me. one. Um, okay, obviously bad special effects or stunts. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, it's everywhere. My favorite one was when he launches Marshall over the side yeah. and he obviously lands on a very soft pillow of fake dirt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the most overt. I mean, there were just so many. There's too many to there's, name. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, okay, we're at our favorite square. Uh and no, we do not get to check it because Eric Von Detten is not in this movie. Kirsten Storm is not in this movie. Ryan Merriman is not in this movie. Kimberly J. Brown is not in this movie. And no Lawrence Brothers are in this movie. Now, Val, I just had a thought. When we hit a certain point, those people are really not going to be in these movies. I know. We might have to change it when we get to that stage to some people we don't even know. Yeah, like um, after 2005. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. Now, Val, our next square is a musical number. Yes. Now, there were no musical numbers in this. That is correct. But I did half mark it. Okay, explain. Because Gilbert mentioned the sound of music. That's so true. (laughs) And I thought it was important to note. (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, like, I think he said something like, dancing Nazis was great or something yes. like that. Okay, and I was a like, little problematic. I was like, I don't think this sounds the way you think it sounds. But he's still appreciative of Julie Andrews and that's all we can ask for in this verse. Okay, so I'm going to leave that one half checked. Okay, that no, so that is valid. That is okay. valid. I, I understand. Um, right. Okay, 
Next square. Magic. I mean. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, would this movie exist without magic? Absolutely no. not. No, it would not. Um, okay. Uh, someone says the title of the movie. I don't think so. I didn't hear it. I don't it. think so. No. I don't think so. I think I just said it at the beginning of the podcast. Right. <laughs> I'm actually wondering how many times they're going to say the movie. I would title the movie. Is this going to be our hard square? I don't know. Maybe. Um, okay. Scooby-Dude, which in case you're wondering what that means, uh, is the kids solve everything on their own. And I think yes. I think yes. Like they get a little help from Bruce, I suppose. Uh, they needed a car, but they do everything. They would have biked themselves. there if yeah. they didn't. You know, they would have figured out a way. Yeah. Um, okay. The heroes create the problem. Okay, this I have a question about because okay. the synopsis that we read at the beginning of the episode implies that the kids woke the mummy up. Yes, but they did. I don't, did they? Yes, because I've thought about this in depth over the last long time. <laughs> okay, explain. Um, they're trying to to sneak in on Mr. Kubat. And they're like searching. And then they let Gilbert through the window and he knocks stuff over when he's falling through the window in the beginning, which and essentially knocks open the mummy thing. And then the moonlight shines on him. So if Gilbert hadn't oh. fallen through the window, then the light wouldn't have shine on the um, the heart of the ocean, and then he wouldn't have come back alive. Okay, that mm-hmm. is that is such a like perfect interpretation that I did not pick up on at all. Yeah, like I because I sort of assumed that he was already awake when mm-hmm. they fell mm-hmm. in the basement. Um, but that makes so much sense. That is yeah. you are totally right. So oh my gosh, thank you so much. And due to your extensive analysis of this uh, moment, we get to check this box. We get to check it. Because the heroes created the problem. The heroes created the problem. Now we're on our last one, which you kind of talked about, then, yep. which was lead is fish out of water. So that yep. is also checked. Yep. Val, look at your card. I don't think we did it. We didn't do it today. We didn't do it today. All right. Well, under wraps won our hearts, but it did not win bingo this week. It did not win bingo. That's Okay. Just like any 90s kid, they are a champion regardless, and they still get a trophy. And I think this is a strong, strong first movie. Oh, yeah. And I know we've got some of our favorites coming up, honestly, early on, but I think it's going to be a hard one to beat. Okay, Val, before we head out, I just want to do a short little game with you. Okay. And if you didn't do too much IMDB searching, uh, it's called Where Are They Now? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to give you three characters from the movie. Uh-huh. And I'm going to give you three occupations. Okay. And you have to guess which one is the correct one. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel like I, this needs a fun intro. Uh, this is boom, 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 boom. Where are they now? Okay, great. Um, so we're going to start with uh, Marshall. Or, so his name is Mario Yedidia. Now, I may or may not have looked at his LinkedIn. Oh, my God. <laughs> so if he goes on his LinkedIn, he's going to see Allie Ring looked at your profile. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we should start reaching out to these people and see if we they want to come on the podcast. We absolutely should. Now, is Mario, does he work for the company Kohl's? Does he work for a labor union? Or does he work in production, just not in acting? Hmm. 
I'm going to say labor union because it's so specific. Ding, 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 ding. We're in the <gasps> labor union. Oh, my God. Wow. Yes, good for he works him. for a labor union. It's called Unite Here. It's in, uh, I believe, San Francisco or San Diego. I don't remember. It's a San in California. <laughs> and in my comments on my notes, it just says, yes, I linked in. Now, uh, second contestant that we have from the movie. Um, this is the little boy at the park who says, mommy, that man is scared looking. Okay. Okay. Uh, His name is Robert Bailey Jr. And he does some voice acting. I'm going to give you three movies in which he maybe was a voice actor in. Okay. Okay, ready? I'm ready. Corpse Bride, Frankenweenie, or Coraline? Hmm. My first instinct was Frank and Weenie, but would you have the middle answer be the correct one twice in a row is the real question. Mm, that is a really good question, Val. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with my gut. Frank and Weenie. That's such a good guess. And you are wrong. Oh, which one was it? He is YB in Coraline, which is the um, like boy uh, friend, not not boyfriend, but boy comma friend of Coraline. What do you know? He grew up and he's still acting. He's doing great. That's really cool. Good for him. He was great. He, uh, yeah. Uh, so he very so cute in this movie and then so cute in Coraline. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, now we've got our last contestant and uh, her name is Christina Patterson and she is the female mummy. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 So yeah, I went way back there. Christina Patterson does still work in Hollywood. I'm going to give you three things that she maybe does, and you have to guess which one she does. Okay. Is she a contact lens designer? Is she a costumer, but only for shoes? Or does she help out with sound editing? Interesting. All right. You know what? I'm going all middle. I think shoes. Shoe designer. Shoe designer. You are incorrect. She is a contact lens designer. I didn't even know that was a thing. This woman designs contact lenses for special effects. She's done all of these things. She's done Game of Thrones. Wow. What a cool job. She only has three acting credits and then the rest is literally designing contacts. How did she end up in this movie? I don't know, but she's making bank. Wow. That is so random and cool. All yeah, of those are cool. I'm not even mad that I only got one out of three. You know what? You are um, fir- first in my heart. <laughs> Thank you. As I already said, we're all champions here because we're all <laughs> 90s kids. We are. Okay. Well, this was wonderful. I hope that everyone listening enjoyed our very first real episode. And um, I hope you all watch Under Wraps and enjoy it. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Um, Join us next week. We are going to be watching You Lucky Dog. Yeah, we are. (laughs) All right. Bye, Val. Bye, Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash decommentaries hyphen pod and on Instagram at decommentaries. Decommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.
Disney Channel original movies. Damn it, Allie.